Yeah, it is sad what happened for Yorkshire. It's accounted to that love cricket, passion about cricket. It's so sad to see the people I work with also being affected by it. Today we are joined by Tarindu Pereira. Uh, people call him by different names. Some call him T, some call him Banksy. But for me, he's uh, always been Tara. That's for more than 20 years. He's currently in Australia coaching South Australia Redbacks uh, and Adelaide Strikers Big Bash team. Welcome to Sri Lankan Cricket Podcast, Tara. Um, excited to have a chat about cricket with you. Now, good to be catching up with Tara on this platform. I know we go uh, uh, way back in time. Um, we've met on different occasions, generally around the cricket field. Um, so good to you know catch up, pick his brains now, because uh, back in the junior days, cricket was a lot more different. I think we've matured a lot in you know playing in different teams and in different. Um, environments and I'm really glad uh, that Tara is here to pick his brains on where he's at. He's, he's in that high performance environment that we talk about and he's behind the back doors of what the players see and um, push through from a coaching environment. So today will be a lot about that rather than how we were missing balls at junior level mainly. So <laughs> just want to uh, kick things off from yeah. that end. Yeah, I think let's start with uh, your experience with Adelaide Strikers and South Australia Redbacks. Tara, how, your first time in Australia, uh, if I'm not mistaken, how do you find your experience in Australia? Yeah, it's been really good. I mean, this second time I came to play 2013-14 season. I don't know whether you remember. Uh, oh. Signed for a club. I didn't know much about Australia. didn't know much about the map. And knew it's a big country. So I signed for a club in Dubbo. Uh, <laughs> it says New South Wales. Then uh, when I landed in Sydney, I realized it's, um, it's about 400, 500 kilometers from Sydney inland. <laughs> so right, if you remember, Rana running from my school yep. picked me up yep. from Sydney Airport. Uh, and he said, uh, oh, in his words, miles away. It's far away. I was like, okay, that's fine. He put me in a train. It took seven hours to get to Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I passed Blue Mountains, all the, all the hills, all the uh, dirty, um, nasty areas. And yeah, I ended up in Dublin, played three months there. Then then I moved to Melbourne for three months. Uh, I lived in City Centre. So I did, yeah, that's my first experience. But this is my second time and first time in Adelaide in South Australia. Um, yeah, experience was great. Um, I was very looking forward to it. Uh, Australia is famous for winning trophies. Australia know how to win games. And uh, it's all about coming and, as I said, pick these guys what they do. Uh, working alongside amazing coaches who are, you know, played the game and, and won trophies for their countries and, and, and for the state. So, yeah. The yeah, Adelaide Strikers that I don't know, it's, it's like a dream now. Uh, looking back now, like it went so fast. I know it's a long tournament, we didn't obviously didn't go all the way, you but it went started, really well. Started very well, started very well. Yeah, um, yeah, we we had a really good side, we had a really good side, very balanced, very experienced, and some young talent, uh, like Soplini coming to the team that was brilliant. Uh, a lot of experience playing around the country and the world. Then uh, Colin de Granholm with a lot of experience again. World Cup finalist, uh, played all four maps before, played around the world again, played in Sri Lankan Premier League. He's talking about all the good times. I don't know whether you boys were involved that back in then. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, even as a number of that. You were part of that only Sri Lankan Premier League tournament. Um, yeah. But you also had the big boy in Rashid Khan, superstar oh. performer. So that would yes. have been good. He's, he's unreal. Like, it's just his presence. It's just yeah. very chilled out, down to earth. 
Um, yeah, he's just yeah, he's he's an amazing guy. I got to know him first time I met him. Yeah, um, yeah, what he brings to the team is in invaluable. So yeah, those three guys. Then we had Adam Ball. Um, everyone like yeah, he done really well in England, but is he is he good enough to do it here? Is he good enough to play in one of the best franchise tournament in uh, in Australia? And yeah, he's done really well. Um. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Like any team. I mean, you look at the, you look at the teams, team sheets, names. It's easy to pick a uh, winner, but anything can can happen in a day. That's why I think it happened. We had a very like four games in a row we lost. That lost our momentum. Like mm. we should have maybe. I think. I mean, it's easy to say should have, could have. But yeah, we didn't get that results against some teams we could have beat. Uh, it become really hard at the end because like Brisbane Heat all the way when they started they were bottom of the league and ended up going into the finals. It shows how how amazing this tournament is. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. I mean it's one of the longest tournaments in the twenty circuit. So did that affect you because Big Bash is very long tournament, so it's very hard to keep the momentum throughout. For how long was it like? Was it like two months? Maybe we started. We got together. First week of second, beginning of second week of December, was it just recently finished? It's, it's long. It's also like, you can say either way because we looking at us, we started well, then we didn't even get to the last five. Yeah. Then you look at a team like Brisbane, they had a poor start, they ended up in finals. So they a lot of things right happened time. in that middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, and the other problem is like we couldn't play the same eleven or very core group of players all the time. Mm. That's that's how that get the balance and the momentum going through. And like you know, players used to play together. That has changed with Rashid going to South Africa, and even to Dubai. Then we had Kerry and Hedy came came for last three, four of the games, and it, yeah, you're replacing the players, but I think. Best teams have best players, or the same players play continuously. So I think that's something I think it is really important in a longer tournament. Yeah, that's something we probably struggle a bit. I think you nailed it on the head when you look at Perth's coaches. They they had that core unit of Bancroft and Ash Turner at the top. What batting was set around? They had their own set of bowlers. So. Um, before we move on to the next topics, I just want to touch base because based out at Adelaide, playing at the Adelaide Oval, how was that experience? Because um, we keep hearing that's one of the best environments to be watching a game or to be part of. Is that is that a fair? Is that how you see it as well? Or? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think not just me. I spoke to people who's been around. I've been to uh, MCG before. I haven't been to many other grounds, but uh, yeah. yeah, just this ground is different. Um, not just the fans are great. Fans are great. I mean, fans are everywhere are great, isn't it? Back in their home team. But it's just the location. Some days with Dan Bora, like when the sun, uh, sunset and Beautiful. the old pavilion and that little open area, it's just like a yeah next level. And yeah, it's one of the best grounds I have been. Uh, been a few good grounds around the world, but this ground second to none. Uh, yeah, go? I mean, I watched the test match there. Uh, again, there's about a few hundred people spending all day at the back. That's where the party is, like where the food stores and bars and everything, where the people having good time. At the same time, cricket is just uh, just cricket at, at its best. So yeah, one of the best grounds. But I still think goal is the best cricket ground in the world. <laughs> you I think a good way with the let's wind back the clock in terms of how Tara comes into you know a high performance coaching yep. environment and you know the journey from there for us for our for our listeners to understand you know like we know as players how hard we compete to get there but I think it might be the same or equally as difficult from a you know coaching point of view so. Uh, yeah, I think I think let's let's talk about early years of your coaching, Tara. Uh, I think I, I think this was in two thousand six when I met you in England. Uh, 
we used to do these summer camps in London and um, we were just just after playing under 23 cricket for SSC um, then you moved to England um, is that where you started then you moved on to Yorkshire then went on to coach uh, Warwickshire as well so I'd, I'd like to hear more about the early stages of your coaching days Tara yeah in, in England, that's probably the first stage, like 2006, 2005, but that's in the winter, so 2006 is my first summer. So as you mentioned, the Spencer Craig Club, that's where I did very little coaching there. But my first ever coaching, like teaching or looking after a uh, group of players came when I was under 13. Right. Going back to right. our college. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were um, fortunate, like Royalish, those in uh, Peter Wright uh, in Maradana. Uh, <laughs> we only had one, one net in our school. Uh, I remember the first two years of my under 13, I was year six and year seven, obviously, as a junior. And when I come to my last year of under 13, we had a new coach. Right. And there's so much interest to young, enthusiastic guys who want to join, play for school. So we had about 60, 60 players in, in our school who wanted to play for under 13 and one coach. <laughs> and we have that one lane in our school and a little bit of, little bit of ground. Not even ground. It's like this in between classes, there's a little bit of space. So yeah. this coach actually clever in a way. He picked like four or five seniors who played before. And he told, he showed us a skill, let's say front foot drive. Yeah. Then we lead the 10 or 15 guys in our little group. We're teaching them how to, the way we have to look at their elbow and head <laughs> position, etc. One, two, three, as you know. We yeah. used to do that. So I was coaching them. Um, that's how it started. Then obviously all the groups and things got better. But the center of the came into the sea and we had the snowmatch playground. So we were being looked after pretty, pretty well then. Since he left, then I have to look after my uh, first team, first level uh, school team. Yeah. Again, uh, again, I was at Cold Spring Club. I had to ask the manager, can we, can we do some sessions at, at the ground? Anyway, so that's how I, how we started. But yeah, first proper sort of coaching. I did my level one in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Uh, when I was like nineteen, then came to England, and that year I, I was doing my level two and asked me to do as a professional, semi-professional at that club to do yeah. some summer camps. Only thing I remember, and it was so difficult to coach in English. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, you know how to say it, but you know how, what to do, what to, you know, what adjustment to do, but it's just so hard to say it in English. Yeah, um, yeah. It's okay. more demos than actually saying it. Actually, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I still remember you repeating the same words, but the same words saying, like, head down, stay low, get forward, just repeating those words, you know, and then if I can't say, I have to do it. But kids pick those things, pick the, uh, kids pick those things. Um, that's my first experience. So I spent a great club as just a junior great coach. Mm. But never, like, I used to, like, travel, I don't think I even make money because sometimes I go all the way to Spencer from North London yeah. to do a one session. And I, the, the, by the time it's time and your train fee, everything, I probably save about five pounds. Yeah, yeah, you get 20 bucks yeah. for the session, wasn't it? I can't, <laughs> I can't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we started. Then from Surrey, I did went to Dokken to many different clubs, but I never stopped doing some sessions. Whether it's a club session, whether it's juniors. Um, yeah, that's how we started. But then, I don't know whether you remember 2011, I came back to Sri Lanka to give a last girl trying yes, um, yes. playing first club cricket. And um, we, obviously, I went to London's training at uh, Bloomfield. Still remember <laughs> this day. There's about 30 of us in the first class called, or no, it's called like training. Yeah. And say no different was the college. We had one lane in Thomas and in the corner. Yeah. Next to that rugby stadium, a Royal Rugby ground. 
Sadly, someone betting and all these big guns betting, and we all just did the building, and no one knew who, who I was because I I was out for like six years, in, years from the yeah. country. I was like, I did like three, four hours only the building, and probably did them did about two hours at the end. I was like, this is not what I want to do. Then I, I remember talking to you, then joining the Tamil Union. Yeah. Uh, playing a, a list against uh, Borasti. Yeah, because <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, that's, so I went to Sri Lanka, obviously, didn't really work. Um, but then that's that's the time I got an offer from a club in Yorkshire. Yeah. Which actually got, got me into a lot of coaching opportunities because I got my deal, play for the club weekends and do Monday to Friday coaching in schools and yeah. they all start like you go to schools there's maybe two or three kids out of 40 play cricket before all interested yeah. and I mean I used to go to schools and just oh my some some schools good depends how teachers are but yeah it was tough but that's where you learn the I think the, how to control it how you you know um change your sessions to according to your audience, etc. You learn a lot because we go with that sort of expectation everyone going to do the way we wanted to. And also having that Sri Lankan culture and the, the discipline or, you know, all the things. What we brought up, it, it's not going to happen in, in the Western countries. So you've got to be very adaptable. Uh, from that to then uh, moved into sort of starting my own academy, then I had a really bad injury. Then I decided to start doing a, a sports coaching degree uh, in 2014. Um, I, my academy is running really well. I'm studying full time sports coaching degree. Then I put my name forward for Yorkshire Pathways. Um, three times they were like, nah, no, no, not even replies. Not even a reply. Then yeah, right. finally I got a call saying, okay, come in, we'll have a chat. Then they put me as under 10 coach in 2016. So when you look back, I was, it's only like a full time. I was only seven years involved in coaching. Yeah. But every year, there's something happened. So ten, under 10, next year under 14, then we've been asked to join in to like first team help, not helping, just like uh, shadowing what the pro, pro coaches do. And I just went and helped, and they asked me questions, what you've been doing, etc. I just helped. Um, then they wanted to continue coming to their sessions. So it's all like, yeah, when you look back, it's, it's amazing how it's panned out. But mm. um, yeah, it's it's great experience. Probably was the right, but uh, yeah, no. I can't say no regrets, but I, I put a lot of hard work, hard yards, unsociable hours. A lot of sweat and tears into it, um, yeah, but no regrets. No, that's the thing. Like when you look back, like people, people only see your success, right? You, they don't see those unseen hours behind the scenes where you had to work hard. Like even look, looking at the players, the legendary players we see on TV, right? We only see what they on tv but you don't see the amount of sacrifice that they have gone through to get to that level so it's it's yeah i think like for someone who um you know it has been really tough for you to um come this far because i mean you don't have a big name you haven't played for your country so i mean that's that's amazing to hear that i mean you you work with some world-class players Tara in especially at Yorkshire then after Warwick after that in Warwickshire so especially someone like Joe Root is one of the all-time greats of the game how did you find working with these great players yeah I think the easiest uh, way to answer that is the relationships and the trust you build but to, and also the the individual Every individual different. Like someone like Rudy, he still won't improve. He's caught so many catch runs. But still, like last time, before I came to Australia, I met him. 
and he's talking about this because Spinner is going into the pitch like into the pitch now and not really causing it happening by Bobrigit. He's talking about standing up and sweeping like more like a slap in between each grand. That's sort of like he's he's still trying to work on things. Then you see some players quite comfortable what they're doing. Mm. They don't want to know, don't want to like talk about improve. Like it's not they don't want to talk about improvement. They quite comfortable what they're doing. Mm. And they're just happy the way they do. Um, yeah, and, and some take time to get to know then you have conversations, then open up to um, how can I help you? That sort of thing. Or what do you think? They ask, what do you think? So that it's leading to areas to work on. Um it, it they all every case is different. Every yeah. case is different. But you need to be patient. You can't just like the the way we brought up is very honest. Yeah. I say, what do you do? Like, yeah, you get, you get it straight up. Like, yeah, like, just, like, it's just like, I call it remote control coaching. Yeah. Like, you put watching a TV and you just switch buttons and just change it to different channels. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> but if you have only, but at the same time, you need to understand if you have six, 50 kids in my school and only one coach, you can't spend like throwing balls at everyone. <clears throat> You know, I mean, it's it's got to be realistic as well. But yeah, in that environment, it's it's important to build relationships. So it takes time, and depending on individuals, um, then then those relations bring some trust, and then talk about cricket. Um, I just go with open mind, just just to happy to help them for their uh, improvement, like for their preparation. Yeah. Then, uh, then they will come to you and ask questions. So I'll go and ask questions. Not probably like a. I probably see oh, he can do this better, or he can do this. I see this, but I wouldn't go straight away technically or say you're not doing this right. Yeah. I'll probably ask a question. If this field is this is the left arm spinner bowling this way, this is the field. How are you gonna how are you gonna score? Where's your boundary? I just try to get him to think what I'm actually trying to ask. Do you know what I mean? Like that, you gotta be tactical how you approach about it. Instead of saying, "Oh, he should be doing this." Yeah. But if you have the trust, or if you have the relationship for a while, then you can go and say. Um. Yeah. yeah I think the the my approach is I think you still even though you're here for six weeks or eight weeks, you still gotta give yourself a bit of time. Sometimes you rush. Sometimes you trying to like. You you excited? You wanna you know do things? You wanna you're doing a good faith. You're gonna you're doing with a good intentions, but sometimes it doesn't really um, match up with the person's yeah. approach or how they go going about it before. So yeah, yeah I, I love working like I love working with anyone. Some characters are challenging. Some are quite easy to work with. The whole end of the day, you're there to help, regardless of their character, regardless of their how they goes about it, you're there to support them. It's, it's about them. Maybe facilitate their preparation to win games of cricket. It's not easy. No, it is not. How does the environment work where in a high performance setup like Yorkshire or Adelaide Strikers, now you're in an assistant role, you've got your head coach and you know, um, probably the captain involved is there. Um, is there a reporting structure back up to the head coach as say this is a program we are working or would would a head coach like Jason Gillespie say Tara need you to focus on certain aspects so I'd like to know what the communications there just so like we know as players the environment we, we are in like we follow the captain or the you know the senior bowler in that group as how we uh, structure our plans Yes. How would it, from a coaching point of view, what's your guide and structure in that aspect? Um, so, going back to the beginning of Big Bad, we met in the uh, ground called Karen Road and over. That's like first last round. Yeah. I think first week of December. It's like Christmas evening, everyone excited. Like, you know, Big Bad starting, new faces, old faces, mm. world class players, young space. It's a new year, you know, everything to play for. Um, basically, it's just again, we, we, what we talk about um, 
we had John Bota as bowling coach, fielding, yeah. then Kalu goes our batting coach, and Jason Gillespie is our head coach. So I was like a support staff. Yeah. Um, basically, really touched on. We talk about DRS, how we can use it. Don't go with emotions. Like, yeah. because he, he probably think he, he was a bit like outside next time. We probably don't. Just, mm. just use that 15 seconds to even talk about it. We just spoke, spoke about that. That's it, how important that is. Yeah. Then we yeah. spoke about search. That changes games all the time, yeah. as you can see. Yeah. This year, I'm new to that. I never heard about search. I mean, I heard about it, but this is the first time I experienced that. Yeah. Uh, then spoke about fielding. Um, in training, let's be very specific. If you think you're not going to go for after like power play, if you're not in the ring, let's make sure you do a lot of uh, outer like boundary fielding. Then, you know, make, let's be specific on things. But when the things start get going and depending on the results, etc., things start changing. Yeah. Uh, the key is obviously communication, but we have different WhatsApp groups for coaches, coaches, captains, then the players. Yeah. And that's where we discussed. We meet up half an hour before training start. We chat about it, selection, then then about the who we playing against. Lots of lots, lots of things going on. And analyst is key. Obviously, probably using. You try to get as much as information about the opposition. Um, other areas to improve. I think one of the areas we not done really well this year was the public. Hmm. We were we, we even though we changed two thirty. It was really, really poor in our public. Um, so that's the area we raised and uh, talked about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so basically, um, I work with a few different um, head coaches, and Jason is amazing. He's, he's give, really, like, give you freedom, give, your, give responsibility for you to look after your area. Uh, that's quite helpful. Like, it's not just one word and one voice. We all had voices. We uh, we can talk about things. Um, it doesn't have to be. Again, as a coach, once you know, there's a time for you to talk. You don't have to repeat the same messages. You don't have to talk the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's again try to keep it simple. That if you look at that squad again, a lot of people know what they're doing, even though they have a bad game or bad two games or good games. They they knew what they're doing, so they're very experienced players. So about knowing when to um, talk about it, whether it's as a group or as individuals, it can be a little task. You were talking about our fielding not being the great again, and and we talk about especially Adelaide Hall is like a like a long straight shoulder square. Yeah. So it's quite tough to like long straight like stopping twos and like just few balls went over the over the head of long long off and went for four. It's yeah. about knowing when it's are we gonna actually giving a four and you know put them under pressure or are we gonna actually let them run too, let them work hard for runs too? And there's there's a little bit of mixed up on that. Yeah. Again, that's all depending on the player experiences mm -hmm. and awareness. Um that sort of thing. So it's there's no one way of doing it for us. Uh, if I'm being really honest, it's just um you gotta be you gotta be adaptable. Um uh, because it's, it's, uh, as you can see, our journey has been really roller coaster journey. And and also, you don't have much time to find solutions either. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite tough. Sometimes you feel like, what are we going to do? Like, um, yeah, it, 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 you're running out of options sometimes. Um, and also, you've got to still have that belief. Um, that's what you can do, isn't it? Like you can prepare well, that's in your control, and you have to have back them and give the confidence to them to go after a tough, tough day to go again and do well. That's what you can do. Um, yeah. It is it's not one sort of a solid way that we're gonna come to me. Um we what we probably done, we don't really talk about on the match day. It's a very short chat. Last this is the timing. This is the time we're going to meet. This is the uh, individual preparation time. This is the uh, toss, just after the toss team chat. Then we straight away into the warm up, little game, fielding, boom, ready to go. But our chat done day before, two days before the game. Mm -hmm. That's where we go a little bit detail about the position, 
livability, level ground conditions, uh, dimensions, etc. Who likely to play? What sort of strategies are? How we're gonna go about it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating listening to you talk about uh, how the modern game is played, Tara. Because there's so many things going into it. Like you talk, you had to talk about the role of analyst, and like there's so many things in the modern game you have to think about. Um, it's a big challenge for the players. Um, for you now, you have been an assistant coach for some time, and um, for you, what 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 sort of challenge you are looking at in the coming years, Tara? Now that the summer is finishing here. And uh, what are you looking forward to? You going back to England or what? What be on a plane to Colombo? It was unplanned. Um, so I left Norwich there last year, at the end of last season. Um, I had a very good relationship with Paul Farber, who was my director of cricket. Yep. Spoke about my future. Spoke about um, where I can go, etc. And someone like him, obviously, not being on the, he's, he's been around the world, he's went to Sri Lanka, obviously done a lot of things, and he understands where I'm coming from, he knows how passionate I am. But the one thing I always like, what's next, I want to go, like, sometimes can be too too much or too, too short time. Yeah. And yeah. it was great to talk to him, get some advice, but he's one of them recommending me to, like, come over put myself in a different environment, expose myself, which is going to help me long run. I know for a fact what, I, what, I, what I've been doing and what I learned from this experience. Um, so I had a few interviews recently and I'm hoping for a couple of more interviews coming up. So everything in the air now, which is exciting at the same time. If I look back uh, July or August now when I decided to come to Australia, leaving one of the one of the good jobs I had and, and working for one of the best counties in, in England. I don't think, I think I learned a lot more for what I did in the last five months than staying in Warwickshire, that's for sure. So in a way, that's the win. But now it's about what's next. Um, yeah, I, I got a few options. And, and yeah, going into England in March, but before that, I'm going to Sri Lanka for two weeks just to spend some time with family. And finally, I would, uh, I'm planning to book a personal trainer and get fit again. <laughs> um, a lot of lot of growing, as you can imagine. I'm the only thing with that. Um, I bowl left arm, throw right arm. Yeah, so yeah. I've been throwing both hands, both arms. And uh, that has, both shoulders are a bit tired, need some rest. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping to go to Lanka. Uh, not always go to the plan when you go to Colombo, as you know. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, I'm hoping to have some downtime and spend time with family and friends and um, yeah. yeah, then go back to England. Don't know what I'm going to do. I'm hoping to get um, something fixed in the next few weeks and might end up in London, might end up in Yorkshire, I don't know. With your ability to draw with both hands, um, I'm no wonder everyone wants to get hold of you. <laughs> oh, man. I do remember the Hobart High Test left arm spinner and that. That was sort of like an uh, interesting action. Um, yeah, so when you played against, especially when you played away, our batters found it really hard to um, bat against him, even though he looks left arm more than but I'll probably know as well. He actually, he's like front of the hand, he just actually goes back in. Uh. And with the new ball, everyone tried to play like offside and he just crammed him in and he, mm -hmm. he's been really effective. I really liked him, the way he goes about it. Everything about him, just, just mm -hmm. a little post and yeah, he's, he's a competitive player. So I try to, obviously, I can't really obviously throw it in front of the hand. I just throw some ambles and that worked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so whenever left arm spinner played against Adelaide strikers, I used to throw left arm and throw side arm with my right arm. That helped. Um, yeah, so... Uh Sorry, Tara, I was going to ask you, what's the most important training aid you have in your bag as a coach? I think like equipment-wise? Yeah, equipment-wise. Oh, he stays inside oh. <laughs> Yeah. I think he stays inside Otherwise, I don't know where my arm should be. 
it will be something bad. <laughs> yeah, the amount of goals we throw is, yeah, I wouldn't say ridiculous, but that's much amount of goals we throw. But again, it's not like you got well, match day is quite restricted because the game start and training, it can go. I'm not even joking, but today, today, Daniel Drew got 116 or out. In the Red Bucks game, yeah. I threw a name over an hour yesterday. In, the, I don't know, 35 degrees, 36 degrees. Yeah. Uh, me and our bowling coach, Batsi, was throwing side arm out throwing office because they had Rokuchali. Is it Rokuchali, uh, the office for Western Australia? Oh, uh, yeah. We just kept going and he batted and he batted and he just, Drew, he was batting for just close to an hour or a bit more. I think, again, Again, as I was talking earlier, it's all individual preparation. So some players just like to have underarms and have a couple of pulls and cut shots with underarm, no pads, anything, or someone can back for long. So it's all individual. And I'm glad all the hard work, uh, all the sweat paid off today and you go 160. Nice. <laughs> and the other thing before, sorry, Bora, sidearm, and yeah. uh, baseball mate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, the way yeah. they hit it back to you and these days, especially with this old age, hard to move <laughs> as used to be. <laughs> and and some, 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 especially in Big Bash, you must, not must, but you ask to wear a helmet when you throw balls, which is yeah. tough as well, like throwing a, throwing a ball with helmet on for that. No, it's not. I try to still believe I can still stop a ball if, I, if it comes back to me, but they hit you very hard. Yeah. Nah, nah. Um, I want to move on to something a uh, little bit sensitive and a little bit controversial. Because you worked at Yorkshire Cricket Club, uh, County Cricket Club, there was recent allegations about um, uh, racism at Yorkshire Cricket Club. Now, you being coming from Sri Lanka and uh, you obviously worked there for a few years, what was your experience at Yorkshire Cricket Club? I started at, at, as an attendance coach uh, for the first year. Then the next year, under 14, then I was helping academy. Then moved into women's game for a bit. Second team, and even I was the women's head coach, coaching Catherine Brown and Lauren Wingfield. That likes them like very good England players who even went and won the World Cup. Hmm. And I was part of the support staff, uh, more in a volunteer basis for Yorkshire. So I worked with those guys for regular regular basis. Yeah. And I never had any issues. I really enjoyed I was welcomed and I've been given the opportunities up there. Um, I never had issues with any of the players. Um, so, yeah, it is sad what happened for Yorkshire. It's a very, it's a county that love cricket, passionate about cricket. Yorkshire is the best thing. Like, they just, you know, it, it, it's, it's neck. I've never seen any county like that for cricket or about about their own county. And the, the, it's so sad to see the people I work with also being affected by it. Um, I hope things will get better and, and have the justice for the people being affected by it. Uh, a lot of good people who are very specialized and skillful uh, experts work day day of help players has been obviously sacked for yeah, their, the reason. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and knowing those guys personally and speaking to those guys, um, very sad to see happen. Some of them complete, completely uh, didn't want to be involved, uh, decided not to involve in cricket. Yeah. Some people, I know one of the one of the support staff, uh, plan bought a house, planned to have a kid, and when he was in overseas, to uh, being told that he's been sacked. Right. But luckily, he's he's actually doing well in a different county. But their family, like the girlfriend, boyfriend, fiance situation, they had to move out to diff different ways just for the the reasons. Um, for, for what happened. So a lot of things, it's not just people losing jobs, it's actually affected their families and 
and and and, and people around them. So very sad to sad to see what happened. And for county, I really I don't know. I think Yorkshire recommended me or nominated me to do level four. Yeah, right. They yeah. signed me up. Yeah, they said your level four is coming up. We want you to go and do it. So they support me um, through and throughout. Yeah, I think you're you're the only Sri Lankan who has um, done level four, isn't it? Is that the case? Or yeah, yeah, I'm the first one to complete that. Yeah, yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant achievement. Something we are all proud as well. Thank you. Um, moving into a topic, I know that is really close to your heart. Um, uh, a charity project that you help in Sri Lanka. I think the best person to explain that um and you know i'd like to well uh, uh, get to know more insights about that how it came about and um, i see a lot of um, goodwill work happening out there so just want to touch base on that as well tara yeah thank you um, yeah so probably five six years ago um it came basically for i like just going to private schools, I remember when I first came to Yorkshire, me and Madhira used to go to a private school, grammar school in Mayfield. And um, the junior school I've seen is they have two different playgrounds. So me growing up in Asogri Dali in Dun Lane, and when I go to grammar school in Wakefield, they have seven um, in their ground, they have seven certificates plus like four or five astroturf lanes to practice. That's the junior. That's year one to six. Oh, wow. All right. Then six to 13, they have a big ground with like seven astroturf and like a big turf. Even when, um, just going off slightly off the topic, when I start, uh, uh, launched my academy, my Silon Cricket Academy, Mahayla Chawadhan and Kulasekar came to the school to launch it. Yeah, and we were going down to the ground to do some drills and then to play around with the junior players. And you know, is this the junior school grade ground? Like, Kule and Milo's, like, surprised. they were surprised, yeah, because I never played in a turf ground, turf wicket, until I was 15. My first ever turf game against when I played for Colombo region against Candy. And I, I slipped and I fell off while I was running because I, I didn't even wearing uh, spikes. And I mean, spikes. Just, yeah, because <laughs> we can't wear spikes when you're back in the team. Yeah. Um, so I start seeing how privileged these kids are and how fortunate these kids are. I was came on a family, I think, with Anna was um, working class family, but very supportive. And we, we, our family can give the basic requirements. So I had my pass and that was what I needed. Yeah. But I see the kids uh, or my colleagues struggling even to uh, have their own box. Yeah, that's the yeah. Box in a shopping bag and put it in. <laughs> Ball sharing their shoes to wearing different pads and shoelaces around the pads to tie up. Yeah. That's sort of a struggle they had. But the one thing we probably had and the kids have seen schools over there, the passion and the hunger to learn and play this game. So start when I start actually building a network and getting to know people, I realize I can do something with this. I can actually help my help the country with these with with the uh, the community and the network I have. So it's just basically I put a uh, put a Facebook message on my face uh, on Facebook saying. This well, I had my Silon Trade Academy, so I thought it's going to go Silon Trade Foundation. Silon mm -hmm. Trade Foundation trying to help to underprivileged children in Sri Lanka to play the game for your love. Two minutes later, I get a message saying we got this much amount of kit. That's how it started. Wow. So far, after five, six years, we supported 85 schools, I think, in, in Sri Lanka, all over the island. That's yeah, um, Gave a lot, of, a lot of equipment. And then we send at least five, six coaches from England to do volunteer coaching programs. Yeah. Uh, because they're up to date with the new sort of coaching syllabus and doing coaching courses in England. So they and they go to Shrank and helping those players and also coaches 
with new drills and etc. Uh, to develop those kids. Uh, that's what we've done so far. But I think the key for me, giving equipment is a good thing. Is is it's helped their day to day life. Mm. It probably uh, both probably go for food and stopping before than having having a good path, etc. But I think the key for the grassroots is the coach education. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like what I I suggested. I proposal to the sports ministry and the cricket board. This is what we can do. We can bring experts of uh, skill acquisition, sports psychology, strength and conditioning, top level cricket board coaches, the, the who in the high performance level, they get the education and the support. Hmm. Uh, but what about the grassroots? Yeah. Because I, I remember just, I sometimes drive past schools and training and just stop and watch and they still do the same as what we did 20, I don't know, how many years ago? 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. One player catching for 50, that's 15 watching. Yeah, that's semi-circle. I mean, things has changed. Uh, a lot of things they can do. Uh, we don't have probably the same facilities or the, the environment, but we what we can have, we can still get better, I think. So I, I still want to... Educate the coaches and and give them the as much as tools to them to develop these African because one thing we never um, um, lose is our talent. There's so yeah. many talented Africans, but but we need to also understand there's so much doing life than just playing cricket these days. So kids who go, it's not like us. We only had the way to meet people and get together and have a chat, have a laugh, do all that playing cricket and playing some other, like just playing outside, isn't it? Mm -hmm. These days, there's so many different ways, even in Sri Lanka. Good example, my nephew, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't go and play out like we did back in the day. Yeah. He's quite happy with his sport, doing his own thing. Yeah. So there are, I'm sure I don't have research, I don't have the numbers, but I'm sure there's a very... Um, probably a decrease of participation to interest and developing good cricketers back in Sri Lanka. I don't have, yeah, I got just a feeling. Yeah. But yeah, we want to we support as much as we can. We try to do fundraising events, so expensive to sell kit from England and Sri Lanka with all the shipping costs, etc. But we, we just try to do our best. No, Tara, I think you're doing a fantastic job there with the Ceylon Cricket Foundation. What we're going to do is we'll add those links uh, in in the show notes here. And if anyone, we have lots of followers um, who's listening to us in England. Um, we'll add those links. If you want to help out, please um, contact with Tara and uh, help out because you, your little donation will encourage a player who can be a world-class player one day. Like some of these kids, they only need a little bit of um, encouragement. And that that's only, you know, it might be your old cricket bat or or your old pair of pads or a gloves. So, um, every little helps, as Tara says all the time. Um, um, yeah, we'll add those links and you can have go and have a look at what his foundation is doing. I have one more question for you, Tara. So you have come a long way um, in your coaching career. And um, I think this is not, you're not done yet. I think you, the way you're going, you'll end up um, maybe coaching a national team one day uh, or a IPL team. What's your advice for anyone who is interested uh, to become a cricket coach? Yeah, I think um, as a coach, there's two things I personally believe believe really important having uh, having knowledge about the game and how to coach then the other part is the experience mm. and both of these things comes with some time so you can't just have everything not going to happen in like day or two so the ways you're going to get knowledge and qualification qualification is really important so that's another way to get the knowledge how to coach um so if you look at high profile roles they always ask for minimum level three or level four, having uh, I mean, decided to do level four. So that's the journey. That's take take time, as you can imagine. But even from level one onwards, you start learning different ways of doing it. And also all these coaching syllabus changes and, and you you evolving as a coach with the time. 
So studying is important. So learning journals, listening to other coaches, podcasts, etc., really important. So you get knowledge, and also like shadowing other coaches, uh, having role models, talking to experienced people, uh, and go and have a look. So you got to put some time into it, having having looking at them, how they goes about it, what sort of things they talk, how they approach the players, etc., and also that also not just you gain some um, ideas and new knowledge, you also get reassurance about the already things you do. That's a very good thing. So as example, when I come to Australia and looking at Gillespie and Carl Hooper, they're talking about similar things. I talk to my players, I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty good. It's just getting that confirmation from the people who's done done these um, roles for a long time. And, and also um, playing um playing the game obviously you get knowledge about different conditions how to do it and and also by doing sessions you're not going to do everything perfectly so when you plan a session then you can reflect after the session you can ask the feedback from players ask the feedback from your colleagues and and making mistakes um it's not going to be a clean sheet so you're going to make mistakes obviously then you're gonna next time when you do the same session with a different group you probably do it better so understanding that that's sort of a uh, process it takes take while. Uh, that's the knowledge and qualification. The other part, I, I believe, the experience. Very similar to what we what I mentioned, but working in different environments is key. Working in different environments is key, where you learn again different things, are different drills, etc. And also working with different age age and stages. Um, I think personally, when I look back, I learn a lot about coaching especially technical adjustment things like that when i work with very young players who's never played cricket before to you know they're learning how to play because when you work with professionals they do a lot of things well that's why they're professionals or play for international cricket mm. so um then again going into different cultures is really important then you understand how people think how then also that's test your way way of coaching so the, the same way i approach to players or um, co coaches in Sri Lanka, that's probably not, not always work for players in England, Australia, or even in West Indies. So you've got to understand, uh, then adapt your way of thinking and way of doing things according to your audience. Um, finally, I think um, the most important part, knowing yourself, knowing, knowing your behavior. So we had this, when we did the level four, we had to record when we coach and listening to our coaching, which is daunting sometimes, uh, <laughs> looking at it, hearing to your own voice and doing things. This, that's again, that's a really good tool. Like, if you can record while you, everyone got a phone now. You can record on on like a voice recorder. Just by listening, you can sometimes think, oh, should I simplify this or keep it simple because I'm talking too much sometimes. Or sometimes I could have actually elaborated this more. Explain a bit more and give a bit more depth and detail into these kids because they will understand. Um, that sort of thing. Otherwise, because we do so many sessions, you don't really have time to reflect. Um, that's another good way of doing it. So knowing yourself, knowing your behaviors, and, and also being unique, being yourself is, is really important. Um, that's the my sort of advice for the coaches. Be, be open to learn and be open to challenge your beliefs. But ultimately, you need to put the hard yards like anything else in life. You just you just need to go there and um, explore yourself in different environments um, and, and players in different age and stage um, to, to be a better coach. Uh, this, this has been great, Tara. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed having this chat. Um, I'm sure our listeners will love this too. Um, if anyone wants to contact you, where can they find you? Um, I'm going to all the social media platforms, um, <laughs> Twitter, uh, all that, or my email address is tara.me at gmail.com, so they can email me. Uh, happy to help anyone. I get so many emails, etc. Um, always, whenever a young coach message me, I always try to find some time to reply. I can't, maybe sometimes can't do it straight away. Depending, depending on the work and the timing, but I always reply and say, guide them because I still remember the days 
2006, especially with our remember when we were doing play cricket, uh, quick cricket. <laughs> with very hard um, speaking. Um, hardly spoken English then, so yeah, with all the demos and a little bit of uh, whatever the words we can use to coach cricket. That's how it started, so it's been a great experience. But yeah, one thing, just, just want to quickly finish, I think learning English is important, like, because all the research and education stuff happening in English, so I encourage all the coaches to go and learn the language because hopefully they don't have to go through what we went through. Um, to when it comes to edu education side to learn, learn, it just gives a lot, lot more options to learn re reading, research, and uh, journals and etc. That's key as well. Yeah, cool. Lovely. We'll add Tara's um contacts in our show notes as well. Um, yeah, again, thanks a lot, Tara. So, you know, sharing some time of your busy schedule to be with us. Um, coaching's a key component, especially behind the scenes. And I think you described a lot of what's happening there, how you guys, you know, cope and manage players so that they are ready to go out there. I think um good way to wrap up is, I mean, Sri Lanka cricket, we know it's very close to our heart. You, we've all observed, we wish well for Sri Lanka cricket. Um, any player you've noticed would be, you know, play a big part for us over the next few years. I mean, just from a different point of view that you might have noticed or anyone that you think. Uh, and yeah, I reckon that will be a good way to close it off for today. There's so many players we can play. Yeah, I always say the talent is there is the managing managing players and giving some support and confidence and giving some belief that they can do it. No one yeah. I found it when, when I feel like as a coach, like when people looking at me like doubting, it's so hard to do it, do my job. Yeah. You, you tend to get more wrong worrying about yourself, worrying about your own ability. And people doubting them. Uh, so I think the obviously one has been amazing. Um, he's he's done pretty well last few years. He's uh, he's obviously one to look at. Um, he's doing pretty well. Um, I knew when I when I was LPL, I quite liked this style of Asalanka, the way he bats. I think his his place has been moved around a bit. I think he needs one place more consistently. I think. He's, he, there's a talent there. There's definitely talent there who can win games of cricket. I think he's been messed around with his position number three, number four, number five, everywhere. Um, young Patum Nisang again. Again, those guys, they're not new to the game. They've done pretty well in the in the, in no, the domestic yeah. level. Um, yeah, it's about yeah. getting them exposed to even, like, uh, great to see these young, young players playing in different... You know, um, franchise cricket. Every other yeah. thing, England do it. England did it since 2015 when they lost that World Cup. All they did, like they looked at others, what they did, and send the players away and and expose themselves. That's why they perform not just home country and go away and do, do really well. Yeah, I think we just need. If we can't go back, that's what I'm saying. I always say we can't go back to 1996. Mm. We need to we need to think about three, four years forward. What's, how, what's the cricket gonna play in twenty twenty six seven? Then we have to prepare for that. Where are we gonna play? What we need to win in? We need to forward thinking proactive people to see it that way and prepare the players. Otherwise, again, it's all down to uh, how, how we how we you know managing the players and educating these guys. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the most exciting thing looking at this England, young, uh, England Lions and Sri Lanka competition, it's been a brilliant one. Yeah. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to play their basketball great and we've been keeping up with it. Yeah, yeah, correct. And, and that's amazing. I think, yeah, more we exposed against other teams and the quality uh, of cricket we play, I think, yeah, we're not far away. We're not far away, but yeah, hopefully we'll do things consistently. And, and number one is the country, number two is the players. 
Yeah. So what nice you're saying is Vishal Madushka is your pick from the United <laughs> Yeah. We, why wouldn't we give it a go? Why would we give it a go? Yeah. I don't see them that. Do you know what I mean? It shows he can score runs. Mm. Yeah. Last yeah. spot. I'm excited to see him uh, up there. So a bit of time out in that environment, I'm sure he'll settle in. Uh, but he might, yeah. he might play in New Zealand. But if you yeah. send him again, yeah. not next to him, he'll be definitely. There's no one going to walk in and there's very few people done that. Kumar yeah. Sankar yeah. about number seven when he first played yeah. 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 And even Jai Wagner about it like six, seven, uh, if I'm real. Takes time. Lovely. Um, hope to catch up on another episode, Tara, when you have some free time. Um, and thanks once again for you know uh, being part of the show. Wish you all the best in your coaching aspirations as well. Looking forward to you being you know on the circuit somewhere. I mean, women's IPLs around the circuit. I'm sure you'll be. Um, a much wanted um, coach in that circuit as well. So um, once again, from us here at the pod, thank you. Um, looking forward to catching up with you at a certain point as well. You guys do a great job. I know what, there's one, only one reason you guys do it because we all love cricket and we love yeah. cricket in Sri Lanka. So keep up the good work. And I know for a fact, people who are watching this, and um, especially in Sri Lanka, they will... Obviously, one day, obviously, enjoy what you guys are doing and also there's a lot to take away from it. So keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you, Tara. You don't know there's lots of money in this uh, podcast game. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Tara. We'll hopefully catch up soon and have a chat about cricket again. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.